Welcome to WKJP News Radio, the podcast which blends discussion of the 90s sitcom News Radio with a frank discussion of our own looming mortality. <laughs> I am your host, Jordan, here with my rat lover of a wife, Kayleen. Today we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Rat Funeral. Kayleen, I like to ask at the top, how are you doing? I just played Mario Party on N64 with our son, so I'm great. Yep. <laughs> I am happy. I know how much you love Mario Party. I really do. He... He enjoyed it. He did not do well. Mm-hmm. He consistently thought that he was doing better. Like, he got confused about which character he was pretty often. <laughs> and then about halfway through, he asked if he could switch characters, and I had to say no. Yeah. But he was a great sport. Yes. And many times he got last place, but he thought he got second. So... Yep. That's fine. Yeah. I am rusty. I'm going to sound a little cocky right now, but it has been a while since I played Mario Party and was not the superstar. I was not the superstar. No? I was in last place. I lost out to our son. Did you really? Mm-hmm. He mm. got a bonus star. Uh. Beat me out at the end. But it's it's for fun. It's yeah. For, for the kids. <laughs> it, was, it was really fun. Good. How are you, Jordan? How am I? How am I? Annoyed. I'm a little annoyed. You're a little annoyed. I've been I'm... waiting for like 45 minutes to record and you've been downstairs playing Mario Party. And who showed our son Mario Party? We were done with one game and then you started another. <laughs> no, you... I started a game. I gave it over to you halfway through. Mm-hmm. You started another game once you were done. I didn't start a new one. No. How many games did you play? One. Hmm... Did you choose 20? Did you yeah. choose a 20 turn? That's how long a 20 turn game is. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I chose the shortest one. I, I know. it was that long. Yes, they're long. <sighs> now you know. It's an investment. I hate Mario Party, so I was happy to hand it over to you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Anyway, so if you sense a little bit more tartness in the episode tonight, <laughs> that's, that's where it's coming from. That's coming from Jordan. It is. Yes. Kayleen, what have you been watching lately? You don't want me to say. I don't. It's The Bachelorette. <laughs> um, I'm two episodes in. It's fine. It is exactly what The Bachelorette is, and that's all I'll say. It's fine. Her name is Michelle, and she's from Minnesota, so I do like that. Adorable. She's a Minnesota girl. Ugh, British baking show. Keep on keeping on. Love it. Uh, last week was uh, German week. And they all, they had to do all German desserts. Mm. Kuchens and yes. schnitzels. Yes, and... the whole joke was like nobody could pronounce any of the mm. things they were making. Um, Shark Tank. What? No, I know what I watched. I know what I watched. I binge watched The Hunger Games, all three movies, mm. over the last few days, just whenever I had a spare minute. Was it three movies or was it It's three, actually four. Four, because it was like yeah. the last one was two parts. Yes. Mm. It's sort of funny because it's like when we watched, watched Twilight... It was like, oh, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. And then we watched it and I realized how bad Twilight is. <laughs> uh, I watched all of the Hunger Game movies and realized these are quite good films. Mm. Like there are a lot of things that even the first time I read the books or like saw the movies that I didn't quite understand mm. the complexities of the plot around loyalty and war. And mm. yeah, it's very, very good story. Nice. So Hunger Games. Also Jennifer Lawrence. She is beautiful. Hmm. I just think she is an attractive woman. Okay. There you go. Well, speaking of beautiful women, mm. last night I watched a movie by myself. I watched Scream. 
Oh, I wish I had known you were watching it. Yeah, but I did the um, simultaneous like commentary with the oh. We'll See You in Hell podcast. Oh, okay. Which was kind of actually interesting because that was one of their first episodes back from 2015. So it was interesting mm. to listen to it like an... I mean, that's... In the before times. Yeah, that's a hundred years ago in podcast <laughs> right. in podcast land. Um, so I did that, and that was really good, but... Whew, Nev Campbell. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And Rose McGowan, too. And Drew Barrymore. And Drew Barrymore. I know. The trifecta. Hachi machi. The 90s trifecta hotties. Pretty much, yep. So, yeah, that's what I watched. Otherwise, I haven't watched that much because we had our oldest son's birthday last weekend and i've been frantically editing and i know we're kind of getting behind yeah and your parents were in town so it's just been a busy busy week for us we're rocking the suburbs yes we are all right let's get into the episode let's do it so at the very top i want to tell you that there is a new number one single on the radio and i'm going to play it for you okay Is this ringing any bells? It sounds like Christina Aguilera, but that's it's too early for that. Mariah Carey. Dream lover. Mariah Carey. Fantasy. Oh, you're right. They're all kind of the same yes, song. They are. <laughs> I had a Mariah Carey CD. I never realized how much Mariah Carey and Christina Aguilera kind of sound the same. Yeah, it's just that, like, 20 seconds of vamping before the the actual mm-hmm. music even yes. starts. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. I really liked Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, like, they can sing. Yeah. Like, they really can sing. They didn't have auto-tune in the 90s, at least not like they have it now. No. Yeah, nobody's disputing that they can sing. It's not my type of music at no. all. Um Actually, I think one of the first times I ever really heard autotune was sh- that Cher song. Do you remember Cher? Do you believe in love? Do you believe in love? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that just that just came out of me. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. But that's what her voice sounds like. No, you're like. exactly right. Uh, that was just, that was something. Okay. <laughs> you're welcome. That was the first time I had heard anything that sounded like warbly auto-tuned. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, that's it for new things in culture. So let's get into the actual news radio episode. So this is Rat Funeral. It aired October 10th, 1995. Written by Paul Sims and Lewis Morton. Directed by Alan Meyerson. We open with a who we think is a pest control guy coming into Dave's office. Telling him about the uh, roach problem that he's taking care of on the upper floors. Gross. Yep. Do you recognize that guy? Yes, I do recognize that guy. It is the guy who plays the potential mobster on The Office. Whose name was? Oh, God. His last name was like a, it wasn't Grot, it was like Grotty. Grotty. It yes. wasn't Gotti. It yes. was Grotty. Grotty, but it was close. Which leads to one of my favorite Dwight lines of all time. What are you talking about? What mobster would change his name from Gotti to Grotty? It weakens it. No, I disagree. R is among the most menacing of sounds. That's why they call it murder and not muckduck. 
That's a good line. That's a good line. Yeah, so that guy has been in a couple of things. I think he was perfect in the grotty role in The Office. He was actually in Dumb and Dumber as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Remember the mobsters who were kind of following them across the country? Yeah, and then he ends up choking to death because they like hot sauce or pepper or something like that because he's allergic to something and they accidentally murder him. (laughs) That's right, they do. I've wondered whether that's his actual accent or if he's like playing that up or because it's such a distinctive accent. Well, he did it in all three characters that we can think of him. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that's just what he sounds like. That's just what that guy sounds like. Boy, I really should look up what that guy's name is. I should at least give credit to him. Okay, that character is played by a guy named Mike Starr. Mike Starr is credited as Building Super on IMDb. So he must be the super of the building as opposed to specifically being a pest control guy. Well, we figured that out at the end. Yes, Definitely. All right, so he's telling Dave that they've got a rat problem. Um, He's setting up some rat traps. Uh, Dave is sort of vaguely sarcastic with him. I thought it was actually kind of funny that he said, just because I work with my hands doesn't mean I don't understand sarcasm. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really get the I don't know. Well, Dave is kind of like snotty and maybe condescending, like white collar to blue collar, you know. Sure, There's kind of a class difference there. Um, So we keep hearing snaps. It turns out that other people are setting off the rat traps. Um, primarily Joe, Beth, and Matthew. Matthew has a little bit where he he tries to set off the rat trap and it snaps on him and he says, ow, and Dave notices that he says, ow, and Matthew covers by saying that he's practicing his Cockney accent and he does a little shuffle. So that was actually my second lol. My oh, yeah? first lol was him talking about how uh, rat lovers have something just wrong with them inside. <laughs> Also had to resettle your rat trap. Somebody around here has been tripping them off. Really? Who would want to do a thing like that? Rat lovers. Come again? Rat lovers. They look like you and me. They could be your next door neighbor, but inside there's something weird. Uh, tell me, these uh, these rat lovers of which you speak, do they walk amongst us daily? You're right. Thanks for calling that out. I laughed because apparently there's something wrong inside of me because mm-hmm. I am... A proud rat lover. I had pets, pet rats for many years as a child. Their names were? Snowball. Snowball 2. <laughs> Riley. Snickers? That sounds right. I don't know. Skittles? Candy? Some sort of candy. Yeah. And that's pretty much the end of the scene. That's the blow is uh, Matthew doing a little like dance and shuffling off saying, how you doing, Governor? I did write, do office buildings really have rat infestations that high up? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, they're probably on at least like the eight or ninth floor or something of this office building. I'm like, are there cockroach infestations? I mean, I guess cockroaches, I can imagine, could be anywhere, but I feel like rats would not be up that high. Maybe they would in the walls or something. I don't know. I feel like this is a piece of trivia that I should know about news radio, but I think it takes place on more like the 23rd floor. I think it's way up there. Oh, geez. So, like, even more so. Like, I mean, they could go through the walls or through the pipes or. Actually, I, I don't think it's up that high. Because I feel like in this episode, he said I took care of the roaches on like 15 and 16. I think it's the 14th floor. There you go. Yeah. But that still just seems up really high. It does. Maybe rats aren't afraid of heights. I don't know. I mean, maybe they took the elevator up with the models. They could. I mean, <laughs> that elevator's been going up and down all day, as we know. Yep. So we get the credits. In the next scene, Dave is telling people to stop setting off the rat traps. And everybody kind of pushes back on him, saying that, there is only one rat, and they all seem to like the rat. His name is Mike. Dave, there's only one rat. Yeah, 
and he's really, really nice. What are you talking about? His name is Mike, yeah. and he's all white, except he's got one, like, black racing stripe on the side of his body. And he's missing most of his tail. He's really so cute. cute. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. The way that Beth and Lisa, like, the way they, like, rub the side of their body, and yeah. they're, like, the racing stripe. Also, when Beth says, um, he's really nice, <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah. Because I just understand. I understand. Like, if I had a pet, like, if there was a rat... In my office, mm-hmm. I would feed it potato chips. Yeah, too, you would. And sometimes fig newtons. <laughs> and like I would call his stripe a racing stripe. And I absolutely would. They're cute. Yeah, okay, okay. I told you about how one time a mouse ran into my classroom and I saved it and I put it outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's you love rodents. I do love rodents. But mostly just rats. I'm a friend of the mice, but I love rats. Hmm. I don't really care for hamsters as much, hmm. guinea pigs. As we get into larger rodents, that's more your territory. Yes. Like Capybara, king of the rats. <laughs> there is a weird blow at the end of the scene where uh, Dave has been telling everybody, don't you remember the Black Plague? Stop feeding the rats. We're going to put down the traps, etc., etc." And Bill says, say, Dave, maybe after work you'd like to go by the zoo and shoot goats is one of the weirdest lines in the episode. It's funny. I think the joke is that Bill is accusing Dave of being heartless and cruel to animals. That whole, like, runner on this episode, I just, I did not find that funny. Oh, Bill kind of teasing Dave. Bill, like, needling Dave for not having a heart. Hmm. I just felt like it is a pretty thin premise to be like, you don't have a heart because you don't like the office rat. Right. Like... Like, that seems like a pretty, th- pretty thin plot line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why goats? Why the zoo? That was very strange. Like, yeah. I think part of the joke there is that they probably wouldn't have goats at the zoo. Like, that would be a weird place to, like... I feel like goat zoos usually have goats. I mean, like it's a petting m- zoo can more of a farm petting zoo thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, quite what to make of that joke. In the next scene, Bill comes into Dave's office. This happens three times. Again, there's that rule of three. Bill comes into the office. Dave asks him if there's something he's missing about the whole rat situation. Um, Bill has an elaborate hypothesis about why the staff cares about Mike. The women are childless. I didn't laugh. I thought that was funny. How should we say? Lonely? Right. It's weird. (laughs) Then we get maybe one of my favorite lines from the entire series. Oh, wow. About the cow. (laughs) Every day we deal with crime, murder. You're not in Wisconsin, dead. The big story isn't about a cow wandering into the town square. Well, you know, I worked in Milwaukee. You know, it's a city with a population of a million people. So there must have been quite a hubbub when that cow got loose. I laughed at that. Yep. That was good. Bill has some ideas about how Mike is part of the family. Uh, Dave says, well, not my family. And Bill says, yeah, maybe you're not ready to be a member of our family. So this is the ongoing plot point of accusing Dave of not having a heart. One thing I noticed is, like, there are a lot of scenes in this episode. Like, they cut away a lot. They're like, bam, bam, Mm -hmm. bam, bam. So if I say, like, in the next scene a lot, that's what's happening here. So in the next scene, there's a staff meeting. Uh, Dave has agreed to take up the rat traps, but as he's saying that, one goes off. Turns out it's Mike. Mike was under, I think, Beth's desk, got caught in one of the rat traps. It was a surprise to look on his face. I know, I <laughs> laughed at that. That just, 
Because they're like, maybe it's not Mike. And Joe's like, no, it's Mike. He just has kind of a surprised look on his face. Oh. Poor Mike. Poor Mike. I, I also liked Phil's line where he said, well, I wish you could say it was the thought that counts. Uh, in the next scene, Bill comes into Dave's office. He's teasing him more. Now that I'm saying it and now that you've mentioned that, I, it does happen quite a lot. It, there's probably a little bit too much of Bill sort of needling Dave. I agree with you. Um, so he comes into Dave's office to tease him more. Mentions that his office smells terrible. That's because there's a rat in a box rotting on his desk. Also, that's ridiculous. A rat would not smell that quickly. I mean, maybe rats no, it smell? Hasn't, it hasn't even, no, and it hasn't even started to decompose. Maybe city rats smell? His body's still warm. Oh. I know. That's sad. I know. Um, so <laughs> Bill asks Dave what he's going to do with it, and he says, well, maybe I'll just throw it in a dumpster on the way home. <laughs> I love Bill's outraged reaction. You cold bastard. A little bit later, everybody except Dave is gathered in the hallway near the elevator. Hey, what are you guys doing? Taking 30 seconds away from work to deal with our grief. You can dock our pay if you see fit. No. <laughs> Bill, I, I'd actually like to join you if that's all right with everyone. Whatever. So they're holding a funeral for Mike the Rat. Mike is in a box of binder clips. They ask Dave to say a few words. He gives a kind of lame, impromptu speech. Um, and then Bill gives a really good speech, kind of a, a beautiful, short, eloquent yeah. speech. Kind of putting me on the just spot. Just a few words, Bill. Okay, Mike was a rat. <laughs> this cannot be denied. The flame of life, which burns inside all of us, glows no less brightly when it is the flicker of one tiny candle. None can deny that his departure has left this world just a tiny bit darker. Yes. <laughs> And a tiny bit colder. That's all I have. Uh, Beth opens the incinerator chute to drop the box down. I noticed that this time and a little bit later the next time she kisses her fingers and then touches the box. Right, right. So everybody kind of leaves. And as they're leaving, there's an ongoing joke about how the box keeps falling down the incinerator more and more. It's funny because that reminded me my dorm in college had a garbage chute like that. Yeah. That was like central on each floor. And... When you would drop your garbage down, you could hear it hit every floor. Like, you could uh, hear, like, thump, thump, thump. Yeah. Like, all the way down. So it kind of reminded me of that. Sure. That was so convenient. Yeah. It was really nice to take your garbage out that way. Sometimes, yeah, there are ways in which I would like that in our house. Like, it would be really nice to, like, <laughs> like take out the... Like a laundry chute. Yes. That's what a laundry chute is. Or a, yeah, or a garbage chute, like, take yeah. out the diaper pail and just drop it in there and it goes <laughs> shoop, straight into the garbage can. After everybody's walking away, Joe kind of lingers in the hallway. Dave comes up and gives him a hug from behind like, and says, I'm here, Joe. Joe says, the last guy who touched me like that got thrown through a plate glass window. Yeah, that was so, like, I don't understand because Joe has a flamboyantly gay friend that we learned about in season one that he went to the movies with. So is he really that homophobic that he can't handle a man? Is it is it because he's hugging him from behind? Is I that... think that's it. I think But that... he's not even, like, pressing his hips up or anything. Like, you know what I mean? I he's not, like, giving him, like, an intimate hug. It's just, like, a touching his shoulders kind of... I, I don't know. It's really weird to hug another guy like that. Like, I, I, I'm not really? opposed to hugging. Guess, yeah. Like, I'm not a huge hugger, but I'm not opposed to it. But I don't think I would ever come up and give a man a hug from behind. What if a man gave you a hug from behind? Would, would you think he was gay? No, it, it would make me a little bit more uncomfortable. It would be like, why did why are you doing it that way? Mm. Also, I guess if it's a work friend. Yeah. Like, that's 
maybe unprofessional. And I know this, like, you might roll your eyes at this, but there's always, there is something in my head as a man, like, am I being attacked? Like, is this, like, someone trying to hurt me because they're, like, attacking me? Uh, as, a, as a woman, yeah. I mean, like, when a man comes up to you from yes. behind like that, like, yes. No, you're pro. It's a different type of attack, but yes. yes. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, like, the immediate thought Joe might have had is, like, of fighting and, like, somebody trying to, like, grab him from behind. Sure. So it might have been more like that. Like, he was in a fight with somebody and that's why the mm. guy got thrown. It still seemed homophobic to me. <laughs> but. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Homophobia was funny in the 90s. Yeah. We all had a good laugh. All right, in the next scene, Beth sees Mike in the break room. Uh, they all rush in there to look for him, and there's another snap, and yet another dead rat, and another rat funeral by the elevator. This is another great speech from Bill. Friendship. What is it? For our kind, it's camaraderie, conversation. But for those poor creatures eking out a hard, scrabble existence every day, it's something else entirely. A shared piece of cheese, perhaps, or a tasty bean. <laughs> So as we bid farewell to Mike, or Mike's friend, we'll never know for sure. We must remember. Um, did we? Someone had an open pick up. Hey, buddy. Right. I just love you the, let you like that. <laughs> the tasty bean. Uh, again, Beth kisses the box and touches it right before dropping it down the incinerator. In the next scene, somewhat abruptly, we are in the Mexican restaurant downstairs. Everybody's kind of having drinks probably after work. Apparently they do this all the time, but they don't. But Dave doesn't typically come with them. Um, this is our only our second alternate set Mm -hmm. the film shop yep and now this yeah the bar totally they seem really cramped in there that's one thing i didn't like the whole layout of that set like the bar right there it was weird because the camera's like behind the bar yes but the bar is like in the middle of the bar yeah it doesn't it didn't make sense it didn't quite work yeah it just feels like they're kind of all on top of each other um, it's kind of a, it is a pretty funny scene though, because they each kind of reminisce about the pets they had as kids and how they died. Just some of the individual lines were really funny. Like, um, Matthew had a cat named Mr. TJ McWhiskers. That was my <laughs> sixth LOL this uh, episode. <laughs> Joe had a dog who was part Rottweiler, part Pitbull, part something else. Yeah. There are three different parts and they're all like stereotypically like, like mean dogs. Mean dogs yeah. <laughs> Bill's answers are the funniest. They're asking what the names are, and Bill says, I don't recall. Yeah. (laughs) And then they're naming what happened to each of them. Bill goes, ran away. (laughs) Still makes me laugh. That was my seventh lol. (laughs) Nice. And this ran away. Wow. Yeah. Um, Dave has a cat named Dusty. Yeah, I had a cat, you know, named named Dusty. It was a wonderful animal, just an, an amazing animal. What was so amazing about it? Well, he could just be amazing. <laughs> and what makes him amazing, Kayleen? What? What makes Dusty amazing? I don't remember. He could catch rats like nobody's business. Oh, that was such a stupid <laughs> joke. Like, I, jo- like jokes like that, I'm just like, you just have to groan. Like, uh. Well, what's groan-worthy about it? It just seems like such an obvious, like. I mean, that's what makes him amazing, and people don't want to hear that right, his cat's exactly. good at killing rats. Right, because we're all sad the rat died. Right, right. Uh, so in the next scene, Bill comes into Dave's office one last time. Bill's teasing him more about, um, having a heart of stone. (laughs) He asked Dave, when was the last time you cried? 
And uh, Dave says, when Cal Ripken broke the record, he teared up a little bit. So you remember from the I did. I wrote, two episodes back? Yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah, that's very current, right? Cal Ripken mm-hmm. breaking the uh, series record. So that, oh yeah, Dave teared up. Um, that made Bill sob. He had to run into the bathroom to get him hold of himself for 20 minutes. There's times that I find Bill funny and times that I find him, like, too much. Oh, sure. Like, that I'm just, like, you're too much. I don't know. He's trying to... Kind of like I said before, I feel like Phil Hartman is like, is this a real person or is this just a character? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think there is... I've known people like this. It's like, oh, yeah, you had a hard time with that. I had an even harder time. It was way worse for me. Sure. That sort of thing. And so I just feel like I absolutely see that in Bill's character. Hmm. Mr. James comes in, and Dave is sort of explaining the resolution of the rat situation to Mr. James. Uh, It turns out Mr. James doesn't know who Mike is, what Dave is talking about. Why would he? Yeah, why would he? Right. Dave just starts talking to him as if he knows what that situation is. Matthew comes in, and he's stuck to a glue trap. Hey, Dave, what's this? Oh, I... Matthew, that's a, that's a glue trap. I put them down in case there are any more rats. Um, well, we're not going to need these because Mike and, and Mike's friend are no longer with us, and there aren't any rats in the office. How can you be so sure? I just know. Yeah, but how? Mike would have introduced me to them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that made me smile. I didn't laugh, but that made me smile. I just love Dave's delivery of the line. I'm sure he would. (laughs) Oh, Matthew, he's just like he's just like a big kid. He's just very childlike. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, there's a rat stuck in the glue trap in the kitchenette. Uh, Mr. James goes in thinking that he's going to take care of it, but he just can't handle killing the... I feel like glue traps are... I mean, I don't know what the most humane way is to kill a rodent, but like I think a glue trap is one of the least humane. You'd think so. Yeah. Even more so than the snap kind that they had because right, at least but at that, least those like hopefully it's quick. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Mr. James comes out. He says, "Poor little guy." He's got oh one, God, he's I'm... got one paw free, you know. I know. <laughs> so Dave goes in there, and shuts the door, and they hear a big thump. And he comes out, and they're like, "How did you do it?" And he says, "You don't want to know." And Matthew has to know. So Dave says, "Well, I covered him with a rag and crushed his skull with a dictionary." <laughs> Oh, why would he have to say crushed his skull? I know. And also, why is there a dictionary in the break room? That's a good question. But I guess where else would you keep a dictionary you around? Might, you might be having an argument about whether right. something is cookies or not. Is this a cookie? Well, let's look up the definition of a cookie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, just like... <laughs> it's just a joke. It's just a joke, Caitlin. Dave has a good line where he says, I didn't see any of you running out for chloroform. <laughs> the idea that you would take a little rag <laughs> for a rat and that's how you would put it out of its misery that's funny okay <laughs> bill tells dave that you know don't feel bad everybody every family needs somebody to do the dirty work the only problem is now there are a ton of rats stuck in glue traps all over the office so in the yeah next... like how that's kind of gross like i mean if you have that like one rat cute maybe two but if you have them all over like that's yeah that's yucky yeah so in the next scene, they're dumping a bunch of rats into the incinerator, and everyone cares a lot less. Beth is just, like, tossing them in. She's not kissing each box individually the way she was. Um, and at the end, she's just taking the whole garbage can and just shaking it with all the little boxes into the incinerator. There's a really funny bit that's 
kind of unrelated to anything, but it's Matthew asking about whether he's going to die because yes. he ate weird food. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, does anybody else have anything they want to say? Yeah, yeah. I think in July I ate a pizza crust off the floor. <laughs> Am I going to die? <laughs> I doubt it, Matthew. Because I think back in August I ate a donut that I found under the conference table. <laughs> Am I going to die? Matthew, if, you, if you'd like to just type up a list of these incidents, I'll evaluate them on a case-by-case basis. Dave, I'm serious. Am I going to die? He commits to it so hard, too. Like, am I going to die? But again, it, he's such a child. <laughs> right. That's exactly how our kid would be. Like, oh, yes. no. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. And uh, you can definitely see Joe trying really hard not to crack up listening mm-hmm. to that, too. So there's also a funny bit where... They say, yes, you will die, but hopefully not for many, many more years. And when you do die, we will all say very nice things about you, too. Mm-hmm. And then we'll all help Dave load you into the incinerator. <laughs> okay, all right. Dave remains by the chute, thinking about Dusty. Um, Bill consoles him, quoting John Keats. And then he says, but who cares? It's a cat. You can get him anywhere. And then walks away. <laughs> And then, in a very funny end to the episode, the super comes up, and he says to Dave, All right, this is the last time I'm telling you. This is the mail drop. And this is the incinerator. That made me laugh, too. Yeah. That was, that was pretty funny. So they've been dropping rat corpses in boxes. In the mail. Into the mail slot the whole Aww. episode. And that's the end of the episode. This was my new favorite. This yeah? This is really good. Well, I mean, it also was kind of up my alley. Yes. Because I do like rats. Yes. But I liked that, like, there was one plot. I was honestly relieved that, like, there wasn't any stupid Dave and Lisa relationship drama, finally. Like, yeah, not a bit. I just find, like, that their relationship challenges not very funny. Mm. Again, probably because I just, I don't find their relationship very believable, I guess. So mm. I just, like... Um, I was glad that that wasn't a thing. I also kind of liked that just, they just focused on one plot. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like the side of like Bill and Dave. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, this is my favorite. Great. Which is good. Um, so I probably should have said this at the top, but there is a backstory to this episode, which is that NBC wanted to do an evening of something like three weddings and a funeral or three funerals and a wedding. I'm not going to get the details right, oh. but they wanted the block of shows that evening to have the theme of like each one has a funeral except one has a wedding i think this is right around the time of four weddings and a funeral that movie sure so they made each of the writers write an episode that had a funeral in it so they could showcase the one that had the wedding or something that makes sense and that dave and lisa's relationship isn't there's nothing in the episode about it because if they had to put because you could put this episode anywhere in the in the season. Exactly. It's evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and from my understanding, the writers were really annoyed about being told oh, to I'm do sure. this. Yeah. So they just came up with a plot line that involves a rat funeral, just kind of as like a, yeah. as a fuck you. Like, <laughs> oh, but I mean, again, if it's supposed to be a comedy yeah. and also like, it's pretty clear this show doesn't have a huge budget. Yes. So if it had to be a funeral for a person, oh, yeah. that would have been a whole set and yes. a whole thing. So like that would have taken away the, from the budget of the Mexican restaurant. Right. Which clearly <laughs> they were stretched thin on that one anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it like you said, this this episode is kind of evergreen. It just kind of stands on its own. There's not a lot of analysis to do about this episode because no. there's not that much going on. No. 
I didn't write a lot of notes. Most of my notes are about what made me laugh. Sure. So I do always like Bill and Dave's relationship. I think their mm-hmm. relationship is just one of the funnier pairs in this show. And I just like to see them bounce off each other. I like kind of Bill's sort of histrionics and his sort of like needling Dave a little bit and Dave trying to prove that he's not cold and heartless. I really like Matthew being childish. I just think that's yeah, a you, fun... Yeah, you really like him. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a fun runner. And you kind, you kind of like Bill being an asshole. Yeah, I do. Yeah. There is a theory of aesthetics that says that in narrative we get to see some of our, like, more primal urges played out by the characters, and Mm -hmm. we get that sort of sense of catharsis from, like, seeing other people do what we can't do in life. And sometimes that makes me wonder, like, am I enjoying Bill being an asshole because I don't get to be an asshole like he is in real life? Or do I get to enjoy Matthew being naive because I don't feel like I can just be sort of, like, naive and vulnerable and, you know, face the world Mm. in that way? Is this why I like watching reality TV? I mean, the need for drama. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you get to act out your drama vicariously through the I mean, I always, I always tell people, like, I Same. really enjoy drama. Like, yeah. I love hearing other people's drama. Yeah. Like, spill the tea. Like, tell me everything. I don't want it in my life. Right. And I don't really have it in my life. And if I had drama in my life, I would do everything I could to get it out of my life. Right. But I like seeing it in other people. <laughs> yeah, same maybe with like the pseudo romance of the bachelor or bachelorette. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've said this to you before, but it always makes me laugh that like there's these like gorgeous men and women and all they want is what you and I have. I know. Like, I mean, they just want somebody that they can wear their pajamas around 24 hours a day and eat pizza with on a couch mm. and puke and they still love you mm-hmm. and don't have, have to put makeup on and have kids that give horsey rides too yeah and gain 50 pounds lose 50 pounds lose your hair gain your hair <laughs> gain your hair <laughs> uh yeah it's is there something kind of satisfying and like watching these women that in many respects i would say are quote better than i am like maybe prettier than i am or have nicer bodies than i do or are more accomplished or more altruistic or have you know more education than I do and so by many measures I would feel inferior to them but here I am with this like nice little life with my husband who loves me and my two kids and my great little family and my little house and my job I like and that's what they want sorry ladies (laughs) he's taken (laughs) yeah so it's time for it's the 90s yo it's the 90s So I noticed two things. I noticed three. Ooh. <laughs> one upper. <laughs> you did. You just one upped me. I did. All right. First is Lisa editing the Newt Gingrich piece. So um, Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House in the mid 90s. Yeah, I didn't I didn't clock that, but yeah. And the second was Cal Ripken breaking the record, which we just talked about that happened in September of 95. Hmm. Well, so one of mine was um, Bill talking about the organ donation box that he has checked on his driver's license. Oh, yeah. I feel like that was a thing in the 90s. Maybe I'm, maybe not. So it's still a thing, right? No, I, no, I know, but I feel like that was like, a, like there was a big push in mm-hmm. the 90s to like check yeah. the box and be an organ donor. Yeah. And like, I just feel like that was a huh. a thing in the 90s. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, the other thing I wrote was, I did write the homophobic hug 
Okay. Between Gemma and David. Again, just because I feel like that's not a joke that somebody would make now. Yeah, the only way they would make that joke now is if Joe got some sort of comeuppance or was rebuked in some way or made to look foolish in some way. Like, they could make that joke, I think, with Joe acting homophobic, but he would have to, like, be the butt of a later joke or something. Maybe. They wouldn't just let it stand as a homophobic joke on its own. Yeah. It felt a little like the type of joke that you see in Friends a lot. Yes. A lot of between, like, Joey and Chandler. There's a lot of, like, yeah. funny homophobia between them. <laughs> funny homophobia. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, so is that it for 90s stuff? Yeah. Great. And then the Cal Ripken thing, too. I had that as well. Yeah. All right. So that's it for the 90s stuff. So it must be time for the game. The game. Oh, no. Here we go. The theme of this week's game is... Come on. Rat trivia. Fictional rats. Oh, okay. I might do okay at this. Yeah? Question number one. File goes west. So I will say that <laughs> I took a lot of care to make this about fictional rats and not fictional mice. Right. I know. That's why I'm like, oh, am I thinking of mice versus rats? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll do my best. Okay. You ready? Ratatouille. Okay. <laughs> I like your eagerness. I like the, uh, the excitement. Keep that energy up. Okay. Ready? Question one. This comic strip features a naive, optimistic pig and a cynical, violent rat as main characters. Oh. Pearls Before Swine. Very good. Yes. By Stephen Patsis. That's a good one. I yeah. like that. I do like that comic. Do you know their character names? No. Pig and rat. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Next question. This rat Muppet is friend to Gonzo the Great oh. and co-host of the Muppet Christmas Carol movie. Oh. Like the lamp, not the rat. Like the, the lamp, lamp, not, not the, the rat. rat. We watch I, that every Christmas with, I know. with our oldest. I don't know its name. What's the first letter? R. Rat. <laughs> Rizzo. Very good. Rizzo the rat. Yeah. Yeah. Pull that out of the depths of my brain. Very nice. He was actually, I learned, named after a character... Played by Dustin Hoffman in the movie Midnight Cowboy. Well, I do. Ratso Rizzo. Okay. I thought it was Rizzo from, uh, um, oh, God. From Greece? From Greece! <laughs> that came a few years later, didn't yeah, it? Still never seen Greece. Yeah. Yeah, that's how yeah. I feel, too. Question number three. This animated rat is, quote, carefree, gluttonous, and egotistical. And he lives on a farm in this book by E.B. White. A fair is a variable Orcus Borg, Smorgus Borg, Orcus Borg. That would be, what is his name? The rat from Charlotte's Web, and his name is Templeton. <laughs> <laughs> that Very helped. good. That helped me. I'm glad. Voiced by? The host of Family Feud, Richard Dawson. No. <laughs> I understand why you're thinking that. No, it's a... But pa it's a guy like that. Paul Lind. Okay. I think he was often on... Uh, no, he was on the show that... The Squares? Yes. What's that called? Or it was the... Uh, Center Square? Uh, Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Squares. It was that, or it was the one where you have to match. Match Game. Oh. He might have been on Match Game, too. Maybe. I'm way out of my depth. That was... Richard Dawson was on Match Game. Okay. I thought Richard Dawson host. He also hosted Family Feud. I got it. Okay. See, I know some stuff. Question number four. This mascot of a family restaurant chain was originally a rat, but then retconned into a mouse. Chuck E. Cheese! That's correct. From 1977 to 1992, he was an anthropomorphic rat. Then he was changed to a mouse in 1993. 
In 2012, he was rebranded into a smaller, hipper version in an attempt to increase sales. <laughs> a smaller, hipper mouse. <laughs> yes. Chuck E. Cheese still exists. Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number five. A group of superintelligent rats form a literate and mechanized society in this 1971 children's book. Redwall. Nope. Nah, that's that's your thing. Uh, I feel like I should know this. <sighs> I don't know. I, mean, I think I feel like I know it, but I don't remember right now. Okay, that would be Mrs. Frisbee and yes, the Rats of Nim. Yes, yeah. So I loved these books when I was a kid. See, I never read them. I, like, missed them. I missed them <sighs> in my childhood, but then, like, a lot of my friends and people had read them yes. or, like, knew about them, so I know of them, but they are not lodged firmly in my childhood memories. A lot of people saw the movie, the Don Bluth movie, The Secret of Nim, yes, too. Yes, I liked that movie a lot. I did not like that, that movie. That was, I mean, it was scary. Like, it felt... It was not faithful to the books. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't remember. I just remember thinking, like, I read the books. And this is not... Yeah. That's not it. So it's funny. There was a trilogy, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. That was the first one. Yeah. And then the author's daughter wrote the next two to round out a trilogy. Mm. There was Raxo and the Rats of Nim and R.T. Margaret and the Rats of Nim. Hmm. And I know that I've told you this before, but I have not told this on the podcast, but I wrote fan fiction of the Rats of Nim. I've told you this, right? Yes, you have. So I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of rats, but I really liked guinea pigs and my thinking was, I'll bet they had guinea pigs at NIM, the National Institutes of Mental Health. They were probably experimenting on them. What if the guinea pigs became super intelligent? So I started fan fiction of the guinea pigs of NIM. <laughs> That's so precious. I don't have it anymore. I don't think uh, I got very far. Yeah. Yeah. That's still pretty cute. Yep. Question number six. This rat is the main antagonist in a pair of horror films from the early 1970s. Now, I know that's really obscure, so I'm going to give yeah, you another hint. Yeah. Michael Jackson performed a ballad of the same name as the latter movie for its theme song. I have no idea. Okay, that would be Ben. Do you know the song Ben no. by Michael Jackson? No. Oh, okay. There is a pair of movies called Willard and Ben. Willard was remade in, I think, t- the 2000s with um, the guy who played Marty McFly's father, whose name is... Yeah, you're you're way out of my... <laughs> no. Nope. We were on the same wavelength, Chris, and then we're not. Crispin Glover. Okay. Was in the remake of Willard. Anyway, you never don't know the song Ben? No. Okay. Michael Jackson sings the song Ben. Okay. I had to throw a hard one in there. You were doing too well. <laughs> Question number seven. This French rat longs to become a chef in the 2007 Pixar film Ratatouille. Is his name Remy? It is Remy. Yeah. Voiced by? Tom Hanks. (laughs) Good guess. I have no idea. You don't know who voices Remy? Uh, No, I don't know. Patton Oswalt. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I, I guess I knew that, but yeah. Yep. Question number eight. This is the name of Ron Weasley's pet rat in the Harry Potter series. Scabbers. Very good. For a bonus point, what is the name of the person posing as Scabbers? I don't know Harry Potter that well. So Scabbers is actually... I know, he's that dude, that ratty little dude. Yeah. I don't know that I could have I don't remember. That would be Peter Pettigrew. Right. Yep. 
Question number nine. This mutant rat is a martial arts master. Splinter. And the adoptive father of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Master Splinter. Splinter. Very good. Yes. He wears a kimono. Yes, he does. It's kind of funny because, like, he wears a kimono, but, like, the turtles are naked. They have belts. <laughs> they have... I mean, I think the belts are just, like, utility belts. To they hold have masks. Their... Yeah, to hide their identity because they really need a mask. Their shells contain their genitals. So, like, they don't need to wear pants. <laughs> right. They wear knee pads and stuff. I know that's So they don't, they don't like get elbow hurt. elbow pads. Probably also to be a good example for kids. Yeah, and all their elbow pads and knee pads are the same color as their mm-hmm. masks. I don't know that they're pads or are they just, like, like stripes? No, they're not stripes. They're actually, like, bandanas because they've got the, like, the, sure. the two things. Oh, okay. I don't... Moving on. Moving on. Question 10. This is the main character's third and fourth grade teacher in the PBS kids show, Arthur. Oh, God. How would I know that? Their teacher is a rat? Yeah, because Arthur's an aardvark. Right. Buster's a bunny. It's a dude. Yeah. I can can picture him, but I don't know what his name is. Okay, that would be Nigel Ratburn. Oh. Mr. Ratburn? No. Okay. A little bit of fun trivia. He came out as gay. And got married to another male character in a 2019 episode. Nice. I just learned that. I learned all sorts of stuff reading Wikipedia for this. I'm sure. All right. Very good, Kayleen. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. My highest score yet. Very nice. Seven out of ten. See? Rats. I know my rats. No one has ever accused you of not knowing your rats. I know my rats. Know your rats. You better know (laughs) your rats. All right, now is the point in this show where we offer recommendations. Kayleen, would you like to go first or would you like me to? Oh, no. You got this. Do you want to take a minute? You can't recommend pajamas again. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know what I'll recommend. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? I can go Okay. All right. I'm going to be conventional this time and recommend a book. Hmm. I feel like I missed the boat on this person like seven years ago. Allie Brosh. Mm-hmm. I've seen the meme that's the clean all the things. I'd seen that, but I didn't know like she had a blog or any of that stuff. So my friend gave me hyperbole and a half for my birthday and I read it in a weekend, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, I really like her mix of humor, but also kind of like gut punch reality. Like, yeah, like life is hard. And just like her neuroses yeah. are just like she's very matter of fact about it. So anyway, right after I finished that book, then I went online and I immediately bought Solutions and Other Problems, which I'm reading right now. I'm about halfway through it. And... I just like her. I feel like I'm like, I'm like, I probably should have found her five years ago. Mm-hmm. I find her really interesting also how like she made this blog and then she got really well known for it and published this book and then just like went radio silent for six years. Mm. Like she didn't, like she didn't have an online presence. Like she didn't do any, like she didn't do tours or things. And like, I'm sure she was dealing with depression. Right. And then, I mean, her sister committed suicide Mm. she lost her i would say she lost her marriage but her like she got divorced she misplaced her husband (laughs) you know what i mean like her marriage fell apart her sister died like a lot of 
terrible shit happened to her. Yeah. Um, and then she came out with another book in this last year. And uh, I just like it. I also just think her cartoons, and I could totally understand why somebody would not like her work, because her cartoons are so, they're so odd. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about the way she draws, like, faces, mm. or, like, her, her hyperbole and a half, the way she talks about her dogs. Mm. Like, I was laughing out loud. And, like, I don't usually laugh out loud when I read mm. in general, and so the fact that it was making me laugh so much and part of it was like the words, but part of it was like reading it and then seeing these pictures she was drawing that were just so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I just find her very likable. Yeah. So Allie Brosh. I like her. Great. My recommendation is more conceptual. So my oh. recommendation is listening to a band's entire catalog. Mm. So if you're like me, you probably have, you know, a lot of bands that you like. And when you really examine it, you might have gaps in what you know about their work or, oh, I know this album really well, but I don't know this album at all. So one thing I did last year, I guess it was last year in 2020, was I listened to the entire catalog of The Beatles. I remember because you were reading some books about The Beatles, too. Yeah, I was just like, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to learn all about it. And... I had some albums that I knew really well, like I knew Rubber Soul very well. Mm -hmm. um, I knew Abbey Road, but I don't think I had ever listened to Revolver, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So there are just things that I didn't know. And I mean, okay, I'm aware that I'm talking about the greatest band of all time. So like, <laughs> you know, they have, you know, a ton, a ton of really right. good music. But doing this made me go back and learn a lot about their early stuff and made me familiar with a lot of songs that I had never heard, but that are terrific. So like mm. I had never heard I'll follow the sun, which is an what? amazing. You had never heard that song. I'm sorry. Ooh, throw in shade. I'm sorry. I just like, that just surprises I me. Know. I know. To me, that's a well-known song, but I had never heard it. Yeah. It's off one of their earlier albums. It, I don't know that it was a single. I think it was a B side. And you know what? Now the reason I know that is mm. because we sang it in choir. There you go. It was like we did an acapella version of an choir. Sure. So. Huh. Yeah. So that's one that jumps out at me is uh, I'll Follow the Sun or Martha, My Dear. I just was mm. listening to today was terrific. Um, Rain is an amazing song, but Rain is a B-side that like you have to dig into their catalog to find. So if you want to give yourself a project, listening to an entire catalog of a band can be really useful and informative one of these days when i have the time i plan to do this with bob dylan just start at the beginning oh, and go sure. all the way through that's a way more of an undertaking because he has you know 50 years of music right, right? as right. opposed to 10. are you even doing like live recordings of concerts and things or just like recorded albums so the beatles don't have that many live recorded albums sure you can dig in and do like the past masters and like the early demos and stuff i didn't do as much of that and mm -hmm. a lot of their early stuff they're just doing like standards or they're doing covers of like r&b songs and like those sure. are not interesting to me so one thing i liked about the beatles was like you know there's 150 songs or so in their catalog but that's pretty manageable if you do it over the course of a month or so so sure and if you're like me, you can take the extra step and uh, make a spreadsheet, <laughs> rank each one, you know, one to five, figure out exactly which albums contain the highest density of songs you like. I've also done this with A by B Giants. I love you. <laughs> 
Not everybody's like me, but more people should be. That's the title of your autobiography, your (laughs) memoir. All right. Those are our recommendations. Now is the point in the show where we rate this episode. Keelene, I do not have units. One to five gluk traps. One to five... Dictionaries. (laughs) One to five dictionaries to the skull. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. I know. I got it. Okay. One to five racing stripes. Very good. Okay. Racing stripes it is. Uh, On a scale of one to five racing stripes, what do you give this episode? I'm going to go for the solid four. It's my favorite so far. Great. Yeah. I'm going to give this a four and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. This is a very good episode. There's a lot in here that's very memorable. Yeah. There's, like I said, that bit about the cow is one of my favorite lines of the whole series. So, yeah, if somebody told me this was in their top 10 of all news radio episodes, I wouldn't bat an eye. Sure. Maybe top five would be stretching it a little bit. But, yeah, I think this is really good. Hmm. All right. That wraps this up. For next time, we will be talking about season two, episode four, entitled The Breakup. Oh, I'm intrigued. Are they going to break up? Maybe. See, this is what I mean. Like, is there a relationship? It's supposed to be a plot point. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I'm I'm on for the ride. Or maybe something dumb, like Beth breaks up with Keith. (laughs) (laughs) For WKJP News Radio, this is Jordan and Kayleen signing off. The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening. Mm